0: Welcome everyone to JCB Art Studios Season 4. My name is Joanna. I am the author of Dealer's Child and Unraveling. I like thriller novels. Today, I have USA Today bestselling author, Anne Charles, with me. Anne enjoys writing spicy mysteries, and to name a few, we have the Junction Mystery Series, Dig Site Mystery Series, Deadwood Undertaker Series, which she also writes with her husband, Sam Lucky, and AC Silly Circus Mystery Series. Her Deadwood Mystery Series has won multiple national awards, including the Daphne du Maurier Award for Excellence, And mystery and suspense. And I remember reading Daphne Du Maurier books. That's really cool, Anne. That's really cool. Anne has a BA in English with an emphasis on creative writing from the University of Washington. She's a uh, a Mister. She is a member of Sisters in Crime and Western Writers of America, as well. And this is another another really cool fact. Her Deadwood series has been a question on Jeopardy. And welcome. 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 How you how you doing? Thank
1: you. Uh doing well. Post uh the US Thanksgiving, all the events that go into that. And now we're all ready to roll into Christmas, right? Right, right. Well, with us.
0: In Canada, we have our Thanksgiving in it's like the second weekend in
1: October. So we have a bit of a break, right. right? I think it's I think that's our Columbus Day, isn't it? Right around the we celebrate. I think they're changing the name of it, but it used to be Columbus Day. Yeah. And that's right around the time, it seems like of your guys' Thanksgiving celebration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we have a little break, a little break from all the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, your novels. Okay. I've I've, I've interviewed a few authors and they've said they like the term one author said was messy heroines. Okay. So they're heroines who aren't, you know, the, 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 they're not the carries running down the streets in New York, you know, (laughs) right Right, from like sex in the city. And, um, we have to talk about Clementine Johansson, the undertaker, so I don't know if she's a messy heroine, but she's she's like one of her own, her own one of her own, her own land. So what talk to me about her? What inspired you? So
1: Clementine, she's from the Deadwood Undertaker series, like you said. Uh, and that takes place <clears throat> back in the 1870s in Deadwood, South Dakota. This the series is set. And um She's an undertaker, but she's not really just an undertaker. She's come to town to clean up the mess. And this is a mixture of Western and supernatural. So you're not talking just regular crime. You're talking uh, some supernatural problems going on there in town, too. And Clementine, she stands about six foot one, six foot two. So back then, you know, that was not normal for a female to be that tall, of course. And um, she's she's not just human. She's what we call a hybrid where she's part human. And then she has some um, skills passed down through generations of females in her line. And she comes from the Vikings line. So she's a big (laughs) Viking that's come to town and she's going to clean up messes. And she's really good with. knives and all kinds of blunt objects and needless to say um she is a protector of sorts and her job as an undertaker at the start is to help her you know get a handle on the things going on under the surface how do you do that by you know analyzing the dead as they come through what's happening there so that's how the series starts and um It's it's such a fun series. It started my husband and I were watching some old West documentaries and we were we kind of started discussing, you know, have you ever seen a female undertaker and all this old, you know, West things, everything we've watched and no, they've always been male. And so we read up on it and there were a few. But of course, yeah, they're not. First of all, they're female. Second of all, undertaking is really not. um, It's often frowned upon by different cultures. Yeah. So, the two together was a rarity anyway, but we thought it would be fun to um, have this prequel series to the Deadwood mystery series that I write, um, that's very popular, and show what was happening in Old West Deadwood, you know, a, a century plus before Violet Parker sh- showed up and had to start taking care of the supernatural messes. Uh, um, so, it's a really fun tie in because there are people from then that are now ghosts in the contemporary series there are supernatural creatures there and supernatural beings that are in both Uh, maybe didn't age the same uh and and so clementine is is joined right out of the gate she has a helper hank and he's something not quite normal either (laughs) so he's but he's right there with her and um helping her along and he's he's a lot of fun and then In the first book, Life at the Coffin Joint, in the Deadwood Undertaker series, the Sidewinders, um, Boone and Rabbit, arrived from Santa Fe. And these guys are haulers, basically, um, hauling freight out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. They've been doing it most of their life with their uncle,
0: Yeah,
1: coming north, going all over. And their uncle came north and was supposed to meet them in Deadwood, but he's... Or in I think in Wyoming at first, but then he's going up to Deadwood, and he's never they haven't been able to find him. So they come into Deadwood looking for their uncle, yeah. who's supposed to be up there. And that's kind of how it all starts: is what happened to Uncle Mort? Where is he? And then they run into Clementine and Hank, who are there trying to figure out some other stuff that's going on in town. And they kind of all in the end form up this team of sorts, yeah. and that's cool. the start of how that series goes. But I do, I do um, really love Clementine. It's it's fun to have. Not just a strong female in the old West, but a physically strong female. And she wears, she wears trousers. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't do the frills and um, you know, she gets picked on all the time about her man hands and how big she is. And are you really a woman? And you know, she, she will fight it out with the, you know, any, any guy that stands in her way, she'll go to battle. So it's, it's really fun to have that kind of a female in the old West.
0: Well, it's, it's empowering you know really yeah. empowering you yeah, know yeah yeah
1: he, even my 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 wonderful stepmom who has always uh, been prone or uh, uh, likes romance um and she read her and she just was like oh my gosh i love clementine i just love what she does you know and how she does it and her attitude so it was really kind of fun to test as we put this one out across you know, mystery readers and romance readers and Western readers and try everybody and see how, how this all came together, you know, and how people are enjoying it. And it's been really positive.
0: Well, it's just even having a heroine who, you know, doesn't feel like she has to apologize for what she's doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One of the first scenes she's, um, I don't think I'll ruin the story. If I tell you, there's a, there's a prostitute on her table at the very beginning. I mean, we all know, it was a harrowing profession back then. A lot of them didn't live. They got yeah. beaten. They were abused. And it's a friend of hers that she's got on her autopsy table and she's pissed. And she goes into one of the local saloons and there's the guy that she knows did it. Yeah. And she confronts him and he kind of stands. Who do you think you are talking to me like that? And then she shows him who she is. Yeah. And it's kind of empowering for females, of course, all over who have witnessed abusive kind of relationships or or something like that to see someone fighting back yeah for the abuse. So I think it's it's good in that way. But it's not all oh pro female. You know, we have a no. lot of great times with the males that are, you know, very much as important in the stories um and the whole crew working together.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I, I get it. I like that. Yeah. Now I've got to ask. So like I was on your website and I was on Sam Lucky's website now it sounds correct me if I'm wrong but the Deadwood Undertaker series it's almost it's set up with each character in the group leading the story um, and I'll, I'll try to exp- for instance like book one we have Clementine jo- Johansson book two Boone McCreary. Book three is Jack Rabbit Fields. And Deadwood is like the backdrop for all the stories.
1: Right. And book four, which just came out, The Backside of Hades, it's it starts, and if you read the back cover copy, it's Hank. Yeah. Hank's point of view, we're starting. So yeah, what we, what we wanted to do was, I mean, they're all in each story and, yeah. and it is third person point of view. So you do multiple heads. It's not just one person's head the whole time. But we wanted to spend in these initial books, each one kind of focusing maybe more, a little more attention on one of the characters. So you kind of feel like with each book, you know, that character even better. And then, you know, this character even better, you know, and kind of feeling like it's a team coming in and we're getting each one, you know, like I said, even though they're throughout all four books that we currently have, plus we have a Christmas novella, but giving you more of a feel for each one on the team. And we are, we have one more to go for oh, five. Wow. I mean, we'll be writing more in the series, yeah. but one more of these books where it feels like, and here's another one,
0: yeah. you know?
1: So it's kind of fun as it builds, you know, to get to uh, with each cover, you know, as you see different characters are on the cover. So yeah. you're kind of witness each, each character's getting a spotlight for a moment.
0: Well, and then also I think about, How you learn, you see, you know, Clementine through the eyes of Boone, you know, because in in his, like, just all, because I write in the first person point of view, and just reminding myself when I'm writing, how do other characters see my heroine, right? Like, you know, just kind of because I'm just sometimes I'm so focused on what the heroine's seeing because I'm writing in first person. Right, right, right. So now, Deadwood. This is a real place, okay? Right. And when you, I read about it, like in the beginning, I didn't realize it was a real place. And I was, as I'm reading, I'm thinking, this place has got its own character, right? Huh. Like, and then, then I'm googling and and I'm I'm researching. I'm like, well, yeah, because it's it's real place, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Yep. So now the series. They all, they take place in Deadwood. Can you explain what Deadwood is like?
1: So, okay. So, and and like I said, this is the prequel series also to the Deadwood Mystery Series, which has won multiple awards. And that is yeah. also set in contemporary Deadwood. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I spent a lot of time growing up in Deadwood. Um, my mom and stepfather moved there when I was a kid and I spent so much time there. <laughs> And one of the things I did growing up was um, back back then, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have all the cool stuff, right? So I would go to town with my mom while she worked at one of the stores. Um, and while she worked, I couldn't stay at the store. So I had to just hang out in town. And it's not a big town. We're talking 1,200 people to 1,500. You know, it's a tiny town. However, it was full of tourism stuff because it's Deadwood. And Deadwood, the real Deadwood has all kinds of history. Um, Wonderful history, notorious history, mining history, Old West stuff. I mean, Calamity Jane, Wild Bill Hickok, Charlie Utter. You can just, the stars, Potato, Creek Johnny, they're all, they've all been there or they were there doing something. So um, I would a lot of times go to the museum, one of the museums there, um, the Adams Museum, and they would let me in for free, donation on hot days. They have air conditioning. As long as I wasn't being disruptive, I could just sit there and read everything. about every every piece in that museum and i did that many times so the history has always um had me you know all wrapped up and and interested um and when i wasn't in town doing that um we had a dirt bike and my parents said you can go on any road in that dirt bike even though i was only 15 14 15 as long as it's dirt you can't go on the main roads but stay on the dirt roads well it's it's hill country with logging roads everywhere. So you can get everywhere you want to go on a dirt road. Yeah. So I I spent a lot of times back then, um, there were tons of mines. You yeah. go in mine drifts. You could go spelunking everywhere. Um, sometimes they would say danger. Sometimes they were just holes in the side of the thing. And we took candles and we would go spelunking. And we were going back in these mines. Sometimes they were tracks leading into water you know they were filled up with water sometimes you could go really deep yeah and see old pickaxes and stuff so all that has you know enthralled me for my yeah. my life i've loved the black hills i loved the history of deadwood and lead which is the neighbor city for mining history so anyway the long the long story short i all that came to be with why you know a lot of times i'll say i'll get why are you so interested in deadwood it's like it's an amazing place it has such a deep rich history full of wild people such characters i mean that were there and they were real so to get to create a story within this deadwood world which what we do like in the old one is we take real history yeah. And then we add fiction to it. Yeah. Um, and in the contemporary, I take real history and real contemporary buildings that are government or public buildings. And then I just build the world around that. So you can go to Deadwood. If you read the stories, you can go to Deadwood. You can see stuff from the stories. You can feel like you're in that world um, in the real Deadwood. And and so many of the townspeople there are so wonderful to us. Um, they are happy to you know, help make that happen for you as a tourist and, and help, you know, show you here's more stuff. Here's this place, you know, and a lot of them I know, or have read my stuff. And so they know exactly where I'm talking about and can help. So anyway, yeah. I think that was a long t- no, no for, it's for the Deadwood <laughs> stuff, but <Yeah. clears throat> I wanted to give a little background on, on why we're, we're focused on Deadwood. Um, we still go there every year, at least once a year, my mom lives there. Yeah. So we still visit and and do a lot there and, and spend a lot more time, you know, researching even more. So yeah, if you, if you Google Deadwood, you'll get, they have some wonderful tourist website stuff. And if you really want to go see um, an old West town, they really try to keep some of that old West feel going um, to let people have a feeling, but yet it's very contemporary in that there's a lot of hotels Oh boy, Deadwood has a party just about every weekend. That town, that town knows how to throw parties because all weekend long, from about I don't know, early June to the end of September, early October, they're partying every yeah. weekend with different events, different concerts, different huge events. Yeah. So it's really kind of a fun place to visit if you if you have the time to go. Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of the backdrop of of these two main series. Yeah. um that we use and and i think it brings the, the stories more to life having something more solid that you can base it off yeah
0: and like i said you know i i live on vancouver island and i've never heard of deadwood so when i was reading this i thought this this town this it's so real. And I thought, I'm Googling it. That's it. I'm Googling it. And I have actually read books where I've Googled something and it was totally made up. So I was just, uh, I was double checking, right? (laughs) And for instance, where I grew up, it wasn't a small town, but Nanaimo came to being because of all the coal mining. And, you know, I don't, I'm sure you've done this when i was doing research for a book i at first thought i was going to write this is years back a piece that took place in the 1800s during the coal mining and i remember we one sunday we got in the car and i said if we go down this road and go down this road there's an old mine shaft i'm sure it's all boarded up i want to see it and we went on this drive And we got to the mine shaft and of course it was boarded up, but it was like, okay, cool. Like there is like a physical, like, uh, I don't have, I haven't had enough coffee, like almost (laughs) like physical evidence of a different time when they did coal mining. Mm -hmm. And I remember our kids just kind of looked and they're like, we drove all the way out here to look at that. <laughs> it's like, come on, right. come on, just humor. Mom we will go to a Tim Hortons after, you know? Right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. This, this whole area when I, when I was younger and I could just go exploring like I did, like I said, with the motorbike and, and hiking, yeah. um, I would come across cabins um, in the hills that were, you could clearly see they were left over from the mining days and i would come across there were places where there were mining towns um tiny ones that sprung up quick yeah and you know five thousand people were there and then gone and you can still walk among the foundations of some of the buildings so it's if you have an imagination uh, like so many of the storytellers um do you can easily sit there and bring things to life and the wonderful thing about still to this day uh deadwood lead much of the the hill country and 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 beyond, the people are so friendly. Um, Some of the, I, I mean, since I was a kid, people are warm and and welcoming. And yeah, sure, they get a little tired of tourism season. Yeah, you know, like everybody does. But they're really genuine, and and they're they're so kind and and rich in in character and real. They're not putting on this fake show for you. They're just real people that love their town, love their area. And are, are, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. But when I create the characters in the story, um, and people, many people will talk about "Oh, they're so, your characters are rich, and they're so full of life, and they're so this. And I say, that's the people of South Dakota, Western South Dakota. That's, I grew up amongst them. That's what they were like, and are like so. It's really cool to get to, you know, create more characters in this world and be part of that that way.
0: It sounds like a lot of integrity to the to the the people of you said South Dakota.
1: Yeah, South Dakota, yeah. the western yeah. South Dakota. Yeah. Okay. And I also tell people, you know, I knew when I when I started the Deadwood mystery series, um, my mom lives there. Yeah. You can't write about a town and screw it up when your mom lives there. <laughs> it's going to (laughs) go south and then you're going to hear about it because she went to the grocery store. And I did get that. I went to the grocery store today and -and so-and-so, you know, so I have to keep those grocery store stories coming in positive, not negative. So made sure to do my research and and try to get things correct as much as allowed in a fiction, you know, as I want to do in a fiction world.
0: That's great. That's great. Okay. So, Okay, enough about teasing our listeners here. Can you tell our listeners what book four in the Deadwood Undertaker series, The Backside of Hades, is about? Like this is the latest one, right? Right. So yeah.
1: this is the Backside of Hades. It takes place <clears throat> just outside of Deadwood, um, a little ways in the hills. Yeah. Around this town called Slagton. And Slagton is not a nice place to be. You don't want to be in Slighton. Even in the contemporary series, um, my character Violet Parker jokes about I wouldn't go to Slighton unless I had a crew of Navy SEALs with me. Yeah. You know, the hills have eyes type of feeling. But anyway, now we're in the old west version of Slighton. And it starts right out of the gate with action. Um, mm-hmm. this book, we say action packed, hold on to your hats. And we're not joking. You start out right at the beginning. Yeah. with there's trouble, they're looking down over the town of Slagton and they're trying to get to one location. Uh and and think, you know, kind of battles, battlefield, you know, um that have you've seen in wars, World War II, World War One, where they're just trying to go from A to B. And it seems like we should be able to just go there. Yeah. But you can't because there are so many things in the way that happen that redirect you. And and so Without giving the story away, it's just the four, plus a few others, but the four, Clementine, Hank, Boonan and Jackrabbit. And they have this idea that if they just get to this one location, they can fix the problem and get back out of here. Yeah. But the whole book is them trying to get, you know, they got to get to that location and it's the struggles and and the life and the craziness that's happening as they try to make their way there. Yeah. So it's it's fun. It's in my opinion one of those books that when you start it be prepared to not be able to put it down because there's not much time to catch your breath. Yeah. It's a roller coaster ride where it's just spins and loops and twists and turns and you're just going oh my gosh did that really just happen? Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um my husband is uh very good with Action! We, when we, we were brainstorming, so he's more action. Let's do some more action, and and so this one is just a wild ride through it all. But you are getting to know the characters better. You're seeing, like you said, you're seeing um, Clementine through yeah. others' eyes. And while, yeah, she's a hero, go get her, you know, go get him, and go take care of that. If, from another point of view on the team, it's you're dangerous, and you're you're leading us into trouble. Yeah. And you need our help, even though you don't think you need our help, yeah. but you do need help. Um, but you're not thinking this through. Yeah. And then from another point of view, yeah, let's go get them, you yeah. know, and from another, if if this is a problem for you, don't come, you know, yeah. so you've got four different personalities trying to go through this together yeah, and be a team. So
0: I, I remember, I think, I can't remember exactly which character it is, but they're just like, are we really going to follow her? Are we really going to go? <laughs> right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah, right at the me. Yeah. Are we
1: really going to do this? Yeah, Cuz this is crazy and it is. Yeah. I mean like I said it's western supernatural. So it's not just we're going to go into the town and the bad no. guys are they're going to shoot us down. It's not even like that. It's it's 10 times worse. Yeah. It's just craziness that if you're just a regular human in the old west, what the heck is that? Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. So yeah, it's 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 so much fun to get to mix Supernatural in with the Old West. Um, I've always loved Westerns. Um, My husband and I are big Western fans. But now to when we decided to make this prequel and, you know, have it directly tied into the Deadwood Contemporary Series, um, opening it up to Supernatural and then having the fun of crossovers. So we are very aware of what's happened in contemporary times. Yeah. So that when we're writing in these, you know, when we're, we're creating these stories in the past, you don't, as a reader, it's real because we're not, we're trying everything we can not to mess up any lines, you know, any plot lines that maybe be going contemporary that. And then to give you fun little Easter egg things that are like, oh, look from back then. Oh, look, here's this and this. Yeah. So just making it more fun for the readers is part of our goal. And how you use the five
0: senses especially smell oh
1: yes. <laughs> I know. yeah well stuff really stinks <laughs> some things really are nasty smelling so yeah, yeah. and it, and you know it's hard to get that on the page for a reader it's really easy and um to do a visual and, and it's kind of easy to do sounds yeah. um, you can describe a lot of sounds but when it comes to taste when it comes to smell that gets harder on the page. And so, um, and my husband is so good at using like squelching sounds and things like that, that when I'm going through and doing my part, I'm like, oh, that's really gross. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, yeah, it can be, it's, it's not a, it's not a cozy type of story. It's, it's like, you know, edgy, but fun and, and exciting. So
0: well, and if you're doing that, like, ooh, you know your reader is going to be doing
1: that, too, right? right right? Yeah and, yeah, and when you laugh out loud when you're writing it. and oh, the so the fun thing about this Undertaker series, writing with my husband, he's so creative in he comes up with songs and poems and I'll, and I'll read it when I go to get into my part. And I'll say, Where'd you get this song? These dancing yeah. girls are singing, and he's like, "I don't know. I just made that up." <laughs> I'm like, wow! Where did you come up with that? He goes, "Ah, I just made it up. It just it's... came up." Yeah. So he's really good at just you know coming up with that kind of stuff, and his use of the language, um, old west type of vernacular, more they spoke different, you know. Uh, I, I know a lot of people think maybe they didn't, but if you read newspapers from back then, it, it's not the same. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's English, but they didn't have television. They didn't have a lot of what we did, and sometimes, you know, they were very educated on their vocabulary, and other times they had their own vocabulary. It seems yeah. like, and what they were saying. So it's it's fun to experiment with with language like that too.
0: Well, even now in our with our technology, I I hate. I'll have to admit it with cell phones and text messaging. I remember I was taking a course. I was, I'm taking a uh, course, and you know, you have the chat window open, and you know, it's all through Zoom. And one of the s- felt my fellow students wrote BRB. And I was looking at it and I thought, BRB, what the hell does BRB mean? You know, like it's not <laughs> right. bed and breakfast. And then it dawned on me, be right back. And I just thought, <laughs>
1: oh.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, oh i'm feeling my age
1: <laughs> i know i know they have these acronyms that i go i just said it again yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean bogo bogo and i keep thinking isn't that the name of a game yeah is a bogo a game yeah wh- wh- so wh- i have wh- to sit there and try to think of what's boat what is b-o-g-o and, and you have to take the time and think it through and it's like oh my gosh yeah that's, yeah that's so um isn't there like l-m-a-o Yes. Um, and I can't, that one I struggle with. There's a couple where I go, Isn't it this? And my kids go, like, No, that's not what it means, mom. Ah. Laugh my ass off. That's. Yeah. Laughing. But I, I think yes. of it as something else. Or, keep, and yeah. it, face in my hands. There's another one where you're, it's, uh, yeah, I, there's several of them where I, I have my own meanings yeah. for them. And they mean yeah. similar, but they're not right. And so my kids are just like, Don't say it out loud. <laughs> just don't say what you think it is out loud.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, when you, so thinking of the series you and your husband write together, how do you do that? I mean, how do you, how do you, first of all, co-write? It sounds like it's a great, great working, I'm going to say, because sometimes writing is working, a great working collaboration, Um, like, and how do you decide, like, what story is next, or... Is it, so let's say you finish this book, how do you decide what you're going to do next? Is it, you know, let's say your husband says to you, oh, I've got an idea for this and let's just kind of keep on this vein with this series or uh, how, how, how does it work? I, I, cause I honestly, I will, with my spouse, he'll say things and I'll be like, I've got to use that. And I'm, right. I'm scribbling it down, right? Like just some dialogue he has said. So
1: how how do you two work it? So we we start with brainstorming it together. Uh-huh. Um I tend to be more I kind of need a rough plot outline to work from before my brain can get fully engaged. I want to do opening scene, um first turning point, midpoints, you know, I want to hit those major things and just get something written down to kind of feel a structure. Yeah. And, and um he, he's along with that as well, but I think I'm more anal about it. But um, I will we'll tend to brainstorm and come up and f- fill a few charts like that. And that makes me feel like, okay, good. And then we'll do scene by uh, chapter by chapter with a scene and sequel, kind of a breakdown as we brainstorm. Whoa. And we'll just go a few chapters along. You know, we have that overall plot structure we're aiming for. You know, if you hit it, you hit it. If you don't, it goes a new way, whatever works. Yeah. And then doing chapter by chapter kind of, you know, uh, goal, motivation, conflict, um, disaster, or we goal motivation, disaster, reaction, um, and then dilemma, and then next goal, which is, yeah. is the layout. Um and so we'll go through that and make notes. And then he goes first. He goes through and he creates um out of the gate. Usually in the meantime, while he we're doing this and he's going through creating, I'm writing at a different book in a different series oh, wow. um, so I'm doing like the Jackrabbit Junction series I was yeah. just doing when well, we did Hades I was writing Jackrabbit Junction and so he was we would brainstorm and he would do all that and then once I finished Jackrabbit Junction then I could shift my whole energy he was done with the first draft and I could go in and, and start doing my part in yeah. the, in the series and we don't write like he writes a chapter I write a chapter we don't write this series this way this is this is more of a blending of voices. Um, I think at the end, uh, it's like two singers singing in harmony, I guess, cool. versus each of us singing our own part. That's um, cool. and it's not, it's not always easy for either of us. There's a lot yeah. of, you know, hair pulling and stress and, you know, as a writer, you have things where you want it your way, Yeah. but, uh, part of it is compromising and whoever feels the strongest, um, about some, something wins usually. So if he really feels it needs to be this way, then, okay, let's do it. You know, or if I feel strongly about it and then he'll go, okay, fine. Then let's do it that way. So it takes, it's, it's not easy and it does, you know, we do have arguments. Um, But I don't think I would ever write this way with anyone else. I mean, we have the history, we, you know, know and trust each other. So you can, get frustrated and walk away and I know it's not going to end the partnership. It's just, let's take a break. Yeah. And then we'll go back. So, um, on the other hand, it makes so, so much fun when we travel, we're brainstorming constantly. We're in sync. When I say, you know, like I'm getting ready to start the Deadwood 13, the 13th book in the Deadwood contemporary series. Yeah. And I say, I don't know how I'm doing this. I don't think I have it. I I, I think it was a hack. I don't know who wrote these books. I can't do it. He understands totally, you know? And so you have someone that can go, no, 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 just let's, you know, work through your doubts and get you back up and go in. And and then the same in return when he feels like that scene I wrote was crap, you know, I get that. And it's like, go back. Let's just go back to it and try it again and see if you get, get it better. So it makes for a really stronger bond in that way for us. Um, yeah. at the same time and it's so, kind of cool we've created this together it's another child
0: uh, yeah that's it that is it, it bam it is it's like a child like yeah. you know i've heard times people saying oh you've just given you know your your book baby or your yeah the, oh, that is really special that is really cool
1: yeah it's it's i love i love the outcome i love what the stories are um it's cool to get to be part of writing a Western. Yeah, uh, Like I said, I've always loved Westerns. I just know the history yeah. or the research that needs to go into that. You can't half-ass no. a Western. Um, just like you can't um, half-ass a, a hist- any kind of historical, like those um, Victorian historicals. You oh have to have yeah. it all correct. You have to have the clothing right. Yeah. The things they wore, the the, the carriages, whatever they're doing. And the history has to be accurate or someone calls you on it because there's so many smart readers. Yeah. So we have to make sure we're using the right weapons, the right clothing, you know, and all that kind of thing. And, and you know, there was stuff like in this one, we talked about banana. So, yeah. many, you know, bananas were new to oh. many back then. Hey, what's a banana? You know, yeah. and so you have to really do your research on the tiniest things like, you know, I, I'll write something and he'll go did you look up that word to make sure that was a word so and uh yeah i did i did actually you know or shoot no i meant to look that up so you can't that's one good thing with the two of us going through together is yeah. you can kind of cross check each other make sure hey did you check on that did you make sure that's a time thing that's cuz there's so many things that have come since then yeah you know sayings and words that weren't there then yeah so and then there's wonderful words that were used then that we know any nobody's heard of and We'll get beta readers going, "What is this? And say, we're like, I oh, gotta look it up. you yeah. know, so so yeah, it's it's really it's cool. It's um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of sometimes hair pulling, like I said, and struggles for us, but at the end, it's a it's a beautiful story and series that keeps going and and so it's fun, sweet, sweet.
0: Okay. now I watched your interview. On USA, Global TV and Radio, and you and I have been writing for a long, long time. Um, <laughs> yes, but you know, it's always it's always inspiring to hear another author speak about what they've learned, because um, you know, just as you were talking. I scribbled down. I don't know if you saw me just kind of discreetly scribbling down what you said goal, motivation, disaster, dilemma, right? And sometimes it's hearing what's being told to you previous times, but sometimes different authors, different people can say things in a different way that just makes you go, yes, like it clicks. So I would really like it if you could share how you learned. You were, this is a funny, this is a funny story. So can you please share how you learned that you were a USA Today (laughs) bestselling author?
1: Oh, yeah. One of my star moments. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I, I, writing along, writing book, I think I was working on um, book five of the Deadwood Mystery Series by this point or another one in the jackrabbit series i don't remember but anyway um uh, we got a bookbub and bookbub is many people know it's where you can um they sell your book and they yeah. promote it all over it's one of the big big marketing ads you can land and um we we landed another bookbub yeah. and they don't
0: it, take anybody like you have to be you have it, you've, you've done your work like you've had, what's that word uh, not street. There's some word that I, I can't think of it now, but they don't give it to anyone.
1: <laughs> no, it's, it's always been tough to get a book club yeah. ad. It's like winning a little, uh, a mini lotto. Yeah. And, um, I've been fortunate over the years that they still give me book club ads when I, I mean, and, and it's not like I just apply once Yeah. and, and I get it right off. We apply all the time. Yeah. Um, it's just when we get accepted for different books now, granted, um, we have 30 plus books we can keep trying to get ads for. So it gives us different stuff to throw at them all the time, but yeah. we get rejected far more than accepted. Yeah. So just for other authors out there that have tried to get a book that feel like they're, you know, a pariah or something because yeah. they won't get it. It's not easy, and I know a lot of other um midlist and upper authors that still get rejected a lot. We just keep trying. you just yeah. don't give up. So anyway, uh, we had landed a book ad, and it came out. and when it came out, they do the blurb themselves um and they're really good at it. and it in the blurb for the book I had, it said, USA Today best-selling author Anne Charles has another da," and it and I went, uh-oh. Yeah. Um, who's going to tell BookBub that they're wrong? I'm not a USA Today bestselling <laughs> yeah. author. But you don't go correcting BookBub because, yeah. you know, it was like you don't want to make the BookBub gods mad. Yeah. So you don't want to say you screwed up. <laughs> and you put me as a best-selling on USA Today. And yeah. so I, I talked to a friend of mine and she said, just let it go. Just let it go for now. Don't worry about it. You know, it's done. It's out. Um, it's not like I said Hey, I'm a bestseller, you know, they, they messed up, let it go. So I did. So then about three months later, we landed another book about that. And when their blurb came out for this other book, it said again, USA Today, bestselling author, Anne Charles. And I thought, oh, I'm going to have to tell them. I can't have that going. I don't want to be, you know, misrepresenting myself. I don't like that. So I contacted another friend and I told her, how do you think I should write this email to tell them I don't want to make the book bargain? book of God's mad. Yeah. And she said, let me look that up for a second. Let me look up USA Today bestsellers and see if you ever really did hit it. And so she looked it up and she got back with me and she goes, you're not going to believe this, but it was about a year and a half ago. you hit the USA Today bestselling list. And I went, oh crap. (laughs) I have been for a year and a half now as a marketer. Yeah. Um, you know, that's like a a gold standard you get to have. I mean, and for a year and a half, I was just plowing along with my head in the dirt, you know, writing books, having no idea that I could start using that for accreditation all over the place. And so, yeah, I was like, ah, head in hand, what am I doing? Come on. But you know, that's, that's the thing. One of my mentalities has always been, I don't, I don't pay real close attention to rankings and lists and all that. And it drives some of my left brain author buddies nuts because they keep track of everything. And I don't know how my sales are doing from one day to the next, because I learned long ago, either I can write books or I can get fixated on, you know, my numbers and I will go over the deep end. I'm obsessive. So rather than Focus on numbers or where it hits on a list. I just wait for, you know, I I just keep marketing my butt off. Yeah. And then hoping that it's paying off. And yeah, I'm not so, you know, blockheaded that I don't say, oh, did that thing work or not? I can kind of tell what's working when I do something marketing wise. I can tell where it works and what doesn't based on just looking at a few numbers and stuff. But I'm not going to do deep analysis because. I won't write. I'll get so caught up in those numbers that, um, I'll stop, you know, I'll have doubts yeah. and I'll stop pushing forward. So yeah, it really, if if you know me, you're like, well, of course you hit the list and had no idea because you just had your head in the, you know, saying, doing your writing. But it, it was funny because it was like, oh, I should have been celebrating that, but no, yeah. instead I had no idea. Book Bob had to tell me. <laughs> Jeez.
0: Well, I know for myself, um, I had interviewed an author, and he had said it perfectly that he's been the the bridesmaid, but never the bride, and that's how I feel with my novels. I've I've been finalists, but I've never won, and it's like, okay, you know. And sometimes I think, should I enter a contest? Should I not enter a contest? You know. And then I get distracted, and I um, I spit just because I enjoy the writing more than I do thinking about a where sh- what contests I should be entering my book to, okay? Right, right. And what really feels good for me is when, you know, y- y- you <laughs> I remember getting a Facebook message from a reader, you know, and she said, Gosh darn it, Joanna, I can't put this book down. And I then I'm like, oh, that makes me feel so happy. Can I use this? And she's like, yeah, now leave me alone. <laughs> I <don't> want to <laughs> continue reading. I want to read. I want right? to read. Right. It's like that to me meant so much, you know? So, right. and then like in tying that in, like that interview with USA Global TV and Radio, it was a really good interview. And oh, thank you. What I also really enjoyed, and I think thinking about just how the world has been lately, is your comments about being more positive and sending out positive vibes. And, you know, that meant that that hit me like I thought, yeah, like I yeah. So if you had some advice for authors or anyone about positivity what would you what would you be saying to them or thinking okay thinking of you you have children mm. let's say they're they're heading off I don't know if, what age they are that's that's none of my business but let's say they're heading off to university or to somewhere new a new job maybe moving to a new state
1: they're feeling apprehensive What 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 would you say to them Well, you know, first of all, let me just say that every day I have to do self-talks because it's really hard. There's so much there's so many things on social media everywhere that tell you you're not as good as someone else. You're not up to this. You're not as important. You don't have as many followers. You're not being active enough on social media. You're not putting up new content enough. You're (laughs) not doing this. My book isn't selling as well as somebody else's. I mean, it's a constant barrage of negativity that we're, whether we realize it or not, it's there. Um, And you can choose to look at that as I'm a failure. I'm not doing well enough. I'm not trying hard enough. Or you can do like me and, and talk to yourself in the mirror every day and tell yourself, listen, you can do what you can do. You got, you got to spend time with your family. You have to enjoy life outside of this. You can't let this thing eat you up and take everything you got. Um, because you may be on top one day, but the next day someone else goes the top and you fall down. Um, so one of the things, um, I have this, and and I can't remember if I said this on the USA Global Network thing, but we have this um, sticker on our fridge right above where you get water all the time. And it says, comparison is the true thief of joy because it does. I mean, you can be feeling great because I did this and then you'll just think about someone else that's doing this and oh gosh. And media makes it so easy to compare yourself to others and feel second because who gets the most airplay? Um, the big singers, the big stars, the big actors, and and they're they're so good at creating content because that's what they do. Yeah, I mean for authors and most normal humans, non star humans, like I mean I know they're normal too, but we don't live to be on TV and and act. It's not what we do. It's hard. Yeah. So first of all, just finding the happiness in your own life. Finding where is your happy. And that's something that I, I work on a lot is what makes me happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. All that fame and and money, yeah, that might be cool. But then again, it's been proven over time that fame and money doesn't mean happiness. There's a right. lot of bad stuff that happens to people that you know. So with my kids who are in school, who are dealing with so much of that pressure, we really work. Um, my husband and I work on when we drive them to school, when we pick them up, talking about, listen, this is such a short time in your life, what you're experiencing right now. You need to remember that this too shall pass and you've got to focus on what makes you happy. Um, College is going to be exciting. It's going to be scary. It too is a short time. You have to, in the thick of all this, keep finding the thing, keep finding your happy place. Is it home? Is it um, watching your favorite movie on TV? Is it listening to uh, you know a song? Is it reading a certain book? Yeah, and I read books over and over because they're my happy place books. Yeah. Um, so you just uh, trying to find the positivity in the thick of all this. Um, just this morning, I was going through the mental of, you know, so and so's at the top of the charts, and you know, the tickets to go see him are hundreds of dollars for the nosebleed seats. Yeah. What the heck? I mean, this will all pass. Yeah. And in no time, a blink of an eye will be gone. Yeah. And it didn't matter really. So what matters? Yeah. What matters is, you know, I spent the time the weekend with my family and, and trying to bring yourself back and keep your feet grounded, I think is really important to maintaining a positive attitude. So your book releases and it doesn't do as well as you'd hoped. Yeah. Luckily in this day and age it doesn't mean it's over because you know you and I know 20 30 years ago it was all the pre-build up to a book releasing. Yeah. And then when it, it hit a chart or not and then it disappeared because yeah. we didn't have Amazon. It just yeah. faded. <clears throat> now we market the crap out of our backlists. <laughs> yeah. Backlists live forever along with us. It's wonderful. Yeah. People can start over on a series. They can go to find this book of yours. It's easy to find your stuff. So I often um, have a wonderful publicist. um, And when we talk, I often tell him, listen, I'm more interested. um, The pre-build is okay. That's cool. But I really am more interested in marketing and and promoting for the month or three after that. You know, those next three months are key because then you've got some reviews. Then you've yeah. got some things that are you can build on and say, hey, try my book. Look at all this stuff people have said. You know, uh, the days of, I know the big publishers will still do all the pre to get on the New York Times list and do that pre-sale stuff. But I, I think um, as a reader, I'm more interested once the book's out, how people are feeling about it and how how it's doing. So that's why reviews are gold, you know, and it's not just everybody giving you a five star, which are wonderful. You know, I I tell people, go read my reviews and see if you like the book and read some of the one stars because they're going to tell you, I swear, and that there's sex on the page. And if you don't like those things, then don't read them, man. Don't read my books. That's it. If you like, if you don't mind that kind of a thing and you like what the other people are saying, then please try them, you know but i think we we have a fortunate thing we're looking at um but we get all still caught up in the hype that goes yeah. on about a book coming out yeah. Ooh, you know well how's it doing 3 months later yeah that's that's what if it's a book that's still selling strong 3 months later it's got to be a good book you yeah. know and that's kind of the same thing with a movie and all that thing. so i think that's a really mixed up answer for your question <laughs> no and no. i blame this cold that's gone through my head. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> no,
0: but no, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. Like, just it, like you said, do not compare yourself. That is, I think, <clears throat> the worst thing. And whether you're an author, any other creative, um, soist artist, do not, do not, do not. No, compare, your, you know? your
1: journey is your journey. Yeah. Own your journey and have fun. I've had some wonderful things happen on my journey, surprises. That I had no idea would happen. It was just one of the things I tell new authors and other authors, put yourself out there. It's like putting irons in the fire. If you have no irons in the fire, then nothing will ever happen. But if you continually just put it out there and then walk away, I'll do that where I'll go, let's try this. We'll put it out there. And if something comes of it, cool. If it doesn't, "Mm, we tried. It's like a mad scientist experimenting with stuff. just You never know what's going to go well and what's not. But if you don't try anything, nothing's ever going to happen. Yeah. And then it, I, I will say, too, if you try something and it costs money and it tanks. Yeah. It's an experiment. Stop taking it personal. It's just an experiment. You tried. Yeah. And you learned, oh, don't do that. That didn't work for me. Yeah. I mean, I did a book signing at a, during a wine event once, wine drinking. And I was beside this wonderful man who survived the Colombian not Colombian, uh, Cambodia, Killing Fields. I said oh. that right, right? He, his family, I mean, he, it was a horrible, tragic story and he survived. And here I am trying to sell these quirky mysteries yeah. right next to him. And I, and, and of course, and it was wine tasting. It yeah. wasn't beer guzzling. Yeah. So I soon realized that is not a place where I can sell books Yeah. because I need to, that's not my crowd. Yeah. Um he was wonderful. He sold tons. Kudos yeah. to him. Yeah. And his story was heart-wrenching, but learn what works for you and it's yeah. gonna be different. So we just keep trying. Yeah. And there's one other thing I'm gonna say quickly that, yeah. I tell my kids that drives them nuts. And one of my series, the Dig series, really focuses on the Maya archaeology and the Maya people. And I will often tell my kids, and I'll start like this when they're all troubled and worked up about school yeah, and I'll say, do you know that thousand plus years ago, the Maya people, and that's about as far as I get. And they go, Oh my God, don't talk about the Maya civilization again. But it was huge. They True. did incredibly amazing things. They built so many temples. They were so smart. Yeah. This huge culture, just like the Egyptians that when the Egyptians are even bigger rock stars of history. Yeah. And they're still there, yeah. but they're not what they were. Yeah. So this too shall pass. And do people care what the fashion was in the Maya people's world back in 1200, you know, AD? No, they don't care at all now. So what's it matter if you have those shoes yeah. or those pants? Yeah. It's not going to matter. Just be yourself and live your life the best you can because this is going to be gone like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. They, they really, they don't want anything to do with the Maya civilization. <laughs> They're so tired of me using it as examples. But I think it's important for, kid, you know, people to realize this life yeah. is short. Yeah. Don't let other people decide what's important for you. You decide.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I've got one more question for you. This has been really good. This has been really good, Anne. Okay. I, I, I'm going to give you my favorite question. You step into the drunken rooster and Clementine steps up to you. What would she say?
1: Oh, boy, that's tough. Mm, That's an interesting question. (laughs) She might want to know if I'm getting something to drink and why I keep staring at her. Probably, why do you keep staring at me? (laughs) It'd be the best, because I'd be like, Wow, you are so tall and so kick ass woman. Yeah. I am just, ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'm in love with you on the page because you are just, wow. Yeah. So it'd be she'd be one of those people I think I couldn't stop staring at because I'd be like, do you see how tall that woman is? (laughs) Women back we're and I'm wearing a stupid dress. How's she pulling (laughs) off those trousers? She doesn't even care. God, I wish I had her confidence. Yeah. Because yeah. she stands up to those guys that are rabble rousing and she just pushes her way in and, you know, shoves them around. Man, I wish I had that. That's, so, yeah, that that's would probably great. be it. That's I've great. Always, I've always been jealous of people with long legs. I'm short. Yeah. I want to know what it's like to run with, with long legs. What yeah. does that feel like? Is okay. it like you're a gazelle? What does yeah. it even feel like? Yeah. Okay. So, so okay.
0: Okay. I, I know. I am 5'4". Me on a good day in the 80s i could maybe get another quarter of an inch if i teased up my hair enough right <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and i remember once my sister and i where we live uh the newspaper the times colonist has this 10k run and we would we'd always go in this run a 10k 6 mile run and I remember saying to her, OK, here you go. I was I was guilty of comparison.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And after the run, you know, we take our sweaty bodies into the Starbucks lineup because they say I, I need a coffee. Right. Yeah. And I recognized another runner who was taller than five, four, you know, um, I don't know, five, eight, five, nine lean. And I remember saying to Linda, my sister, I go, I want to run like her. Uh-huh. I saw her boom, go past me and I she was so light on her feet you know yep. and yep. Linda goes so you're saying she ran like a gazelle like that was the word she <laughs> said and I went yeah I said I want to run like her and my mother was you know was is Hungarian and she Linda looked at me and she goes Joe to rephrase our mother we have calves like bull, right? She goes, you will never <laughs> be able to run like her. You <laughs> just, yeah, your body composition, you know, and I thought, okay, you know, I'll
1: just keep trotting along, you know, doing yeah. my
0: thing, you know? So
1: yeah, that's, yep. I'm, I'm German peasant stock. So I can, you can hook up a plow to me and I'll pull oh. till I keel over dead. Cause that's what we do. We're just, <laughs> <clears throat> And we'll work till we die. But I cannot run like those people. And I'm just so jealous. Yeah. Must feel amazing to run fast like that with yeah. those long legs. So, yeah, I get yeah. you. Same thing.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. So there, that's what I'd be staring at kind of time. That's okay. that's for sure, because I'd be pretty wowed by who she is and what she's doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And this has been a blast. Been a blast. Thank it's you. It's been
1: so much fun. Thank you for having me on. It's been great today. Okay. And, and I,
0: I, I, hope you start to feel better. I know I'm, I'm fighting a cold <sighs> and I'm just, just take, stay healthy. Hey.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. And and I'm on the men. So we're coming out of it. Um, we did miss a concert. We didn't get to go to Mannheim steamroller because my daughter and I were so sick, but you know, we'll book something else and go see something some other day. Again, I told her we don't even know if we missed. We weren't there. So let's find something else fun to do in the future. Perfect. Okay, yeah. All right. Thank you so much.